Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. Hey everybody, this is John and Kevin, and this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. Here we are. We've traveled. I think we're about at the halfway point in the Bloodsport timeline. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, we're we're traveling through some Bloodsport. It's time to it's time to get into this. Shit's about to get real, I guess. If it wasn't already yeah, real, I think it's yeah. I think it's it's about to yeah. It's, things are about to pick up. Business is about to pick up. Jr. <laughs> so when we last met. Uh, Dukes had shown up late to day two of Kumite, which was no surprise was to anyone. Busy getting his dick wet. Uh, <laughs> Lynn was furious that Frank was a wall. Frank is always a wall. Uh, uh, another recap: uh, Jackson did his own dim mock, broke a brick against his head, and <laughs> then in walks Janice with uh, Bookie number one, looking looking good. She's say, just here to watch some Kumite. She's she's in here to get the scoop, as it were. True, um, and so. Right Right out of the gate, we get uh, Frank Frank looking very amused at Janice right before fighting montage, Kumite montage number two. Kevin. Yeah, this is like day two of the Kumite, which I guess is a three-day affair. It's a three-day affair, day two of Kumite, and we see Janice sort of taking it all in, mentally logging everything that she's seeing, and she's not really into it. I um, feel like that first fight that she sees is like just a pure fight, like two yeah. martial artists, couple exactly. of like well-trained kung fu type guys like going at it, and it's pretty great, and she like, seems fascinated. Exactly. We should take a station break and say that uh, during this episode of uh, Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, we're in, as we are in Houston, Texas right now, we're enjoying some St. Arnold summer pills because it's hot as shit outside. Yeah, so deliciousness. Cheer, cheers to all of you guys out Golden there listening. goodness. If you're in Houston, go to St. Arnold. You will not regret it for long. <laughs> You'll never regret it. You'll be happy you went. Um, so yeah. And then, and then one of the first fights she sees after that initial bout is, is Frank looking impressive. Uh, and Chong Lee, of course, taking note. Yeah. It's like, uh, I mean, Dukes is like, he's what you want to see. I guess a pretty boy kicking ass, like doing it very cleanly and yep. like, just very smooth, fluid kicks and whatever. Yeah, and she's just amazing. like, oh, he's a beautiful man doing beautiful karate or whatever. Right. And then and then, of course, the the ugly side of Kumite rears rears its head when Chong Lee steps in the yes. ring and squares off against Paradis, our uh, our Brazilian jujitsu or whatever the hell he is fighter. I'm surprised he didn't go deeper just because he was like tight with Van Damme. Yeah, I, I agree. You mean that actor? Specifically? The actor, yeah, Michelle yeah. or whatever. Well, as soon as he gets in the ring with Chong Lee, you know, he's out. It's like, oh, your, of course, your, your time 
when the movie is over. Yeah. It was nice nice to know you, but we hardly knew you. He got a very memorable exit, though. He did. So so we see him kind of lunge at one point. Pretty early on in the fight, he comes up gimpy, which is a shame because his whole fighting technique's about those legs. Yep. So he's limping around the ring, and then uh, Chong Lee kind of rings his bell, a few more exchanges, and then he falls. Mm-hmm. He kind of he does does that thing. He, he, he looks great on camera doing this thing where he gets up and he's kind of staggering around looking dazed. <laughs> and then <laughs> Chong Lee smokes the ever-loving shit out of that leg. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, if I'm fighting Chong Lee, who I know is a killer, and I'm like gimpy, I just probably jump off the platform yeah. and be like, yeah, I'm done, or yeah. mate it out, whatever. Yeah. I don't, at that point, if, especially when you are relying, if your whole fighting technique relies on your legs. But, I mean, Chong Lee like, hits this dude right in the leg. We see a yeah. pretty killer prosthetic job with the bones sticking out of the skin. Mm-hmm. It's pretty graphic. Janice is not into it because it's fucking terrible. She looks away, and who wouldn't? Um, and then, then she's like, blatantly just like for undercover reporter chick she's blatantly got her big tape recorder out she's just speaking into it we're talking the things the size of you know it's bigger than bigger in length than an iphone uh, bigger plus. than a cell phone yeah, yeah than, than an iphone plus would be and we're talking like the it's like a brick a brick size <laughs> a brick size piece of plastic that she pulls out of her bag and it's like no one notices i'm here at the kumite and you would not believe what's happening now it's like thanks janice thanks for your <laughs> thanks for your uh your discretion. The so, montage rolls on, right? Dukes continues. is. Oh, this is where Dukes meets Gomez. Is this it? No, there's. All right, so well, there's fight, other fights. He fights another. No, Frank specifically fights another guy in a red gi. The fight lasts for like ten seconds, and, yeah. it, and again, in all of Frank's fights, they kind of cut to Chong Lee who is just kind of like watching him. Does he so, seem nervous to you? He's always see it's, it's maybe the one thing that they they kept from the actual like Frank Dukes's testimony or his his interview rather in that black belt thing is that that all the fighters were kind of observing other fighters that the Kumite was supposed to be like an educational opportunity. <laughs> and so it's like but I feel like Chong Lee's Chong Lee's trying to scope out weaknesses. Yeah. He's, like, he's scouting and but we find out later I guess that Frank Dukes is also like yeah. Really scouting, paying close attention to what the other guys got or whatever. Yeah, so Frank, Frank and Chong Lee both have matches that are featured for about, I don't know, five to ten seconds apiece, and then they're done. Mm-hmm. But then we see him at the beginning of the fight with Gomez. Yes, Gomez. I don't know what his style is or where he's from. And we He's never- like tall, super lean. He's like super cut, chiseled. Um, but yeah, he's like does the throat slashing motion. Yeah, he he wins this episode's award for best like physical nonverbal acting <laughs> with with the point to Frank, the thumb point back to himself, and then the knife slid across his throat before he like like flexes. And, and then the dude calls the fight. The ref calls the fight to to uh, commence. And Frank just like him in the face. One kick in the face. The dude can't stay. He's like, what the fuck? He's down. He gets up kind of dazed. And then Frank knocks him off the platform. Two, two hits and done. Which I'm just wondering, like, how did Gomez make it this deep? He never he didn't fight Frank. I'm he, trying to think of who else was. He must the, have fought cupcakes. But I don't think we ever saw Gomez before he, this fight. No, we, we never did. He like. And so, yeah, so I think Gomez was probably fighting one unnamed silk pajama <laughs> kung fu guy that, that we never know. It's like, goodbye. That hello. I don't know if that counts as a knockout, but that's quicker than any other knockout that we saw. Yeah. I think that was five seconds or six yeah, maximum. 
And then and then we see uh, the next the next fight. We get a couple of featured non-named guys. Unnamed guys. We get we get um, E Honda inspiration against maybe Dalzim inspiration with sumo guy with monkey style guy. Yeah, and it's like. I feel like monkey style guy is like frustrating sumo guy because he can't get a hold of him. Right. He's, he's bouncing he's around. He keeps elusive. escaping and like landing these little light blows or whatever until finally, I guess, sumo gets him in like kind of just a bear hug. Yeah. He like bear hugs him and like breaks. We hear crunching and cracking. I don't know if he's supposed to have broken his spine. The crunching cracking effect is used liberally throughout peppered throughout the Kumite <laughs> to mean serious bodily injury has happened. Yeah. In very few, I think maybe in only one instance, no, no instances where you hear bone cracking, does anyone die? But like, was this, was this loss by monkey style guy a surprise to anyone at Kumite? I don't know. I can't see anyone thinking, oh yeah, monkey style guy. He's a real contender. No, at all. Like he's just a gimmick guy. I don't know this, this whole fight, as soon as, as soon as those names came up, I would have loved to have been. What are the bystanders going? Uh, we talked previously about like a weight differential. This guy's probably got 200 pounds on monkey style guy. At least that dude's that dude is 300 plus pounds. Yeah. Monkey style guy is like 130. He's not like the biggest sumo you've ever seen, but he's a big dude. And those, monkey style guy is probably a buck 30. Those dudes are huge. They are yeah. enormous. Those guys like the heavyweight guys. And Frank, Frank dudes in real life maintains that there were weight classes at Kumite. Yeah. Which, which is, would make sense. Which were not observed in, in the movie at all. Um, but yeah, he... So that's sort of an interesting fight. It's just a couple of featured guys we've seen a lot, or they're very memorable, I it's guess, just David for their style. It's a David and Goliath story, and, <laughs> and, and Goliath kicked David's ass. Yeah, this time, it was all about Goliath, all I about guess. Goliath. And so then we see Chong Lee's third fight of the day, I guess, which is yeah. against Euro Trash Guy. Yeah, just the dude who we saw in the opening scene breaking like, boards, with his, boards with his knees. Now he's just got the baggiest pants in the history of Man pants. Servant is nowhere to be found, incidentally. Do you think he had ducked out already once he saw Chong Lee pop up? He was like, I'll think, see you in the I car. Think, well, yeah, I think maybe he couldn't watch. He was too devastated to see the two. <laughs> he's like, I can't watch this. And and why would you? Because Chong Lee manhandles that guy. He makes what, quick work of baggy pants. What's the upside of those pants? Freedom to move. But also the downside is then you've got material to grab onto. Yeah, I can't see wearing those pants into battle. I don't know. I don't know. It looked sort of samurai-ish to me, but... It was another dude I feel like we never saw fight before this fight in any previous montage. He he was the one that sort of reminds me of like in every video game you've ever played that's a fighting game. It's like the rich guy and he was yes. like practicing on his estate. Oh, he's that guy. He's the rich guy. He's here for sport or he, whatever, he, for his, a hobby. His family has been around for generations and owns some vineyard and thousands of acres in the south of France. He's, he's not like, hungry. Like he doesn't no, need this. He's no. just like, this is a hobby for him. Exactly. He's, or he's Ken, slumming it. He's Ken in Street Fighter, but he's, <laughs> and, but he's European. He's He's just like Ryu, except he's never going to be able to be better than him. Exactly. Um, now we get to like a, a super memorable it's sort fight. Of a, a marquee match for day two at the Kumite yeah. for sure. And that is. It's got to be the second best fight of the day. For sure. And that is Frank versus Sumo Guy. Yeah. And it's just like, I feel like 
Dukes is doing pretty well. He's like elusive. He's he's kicking him, but he can't seem to hurt the guy. And pretty pretty early on, like right out of the gate, oh, sumo shit. guy reaches over, and this is a pivotal moment for the costuming crew, and especially as the sumo guy reaches across and grabs Frank's gi and kind of slings Yanks him, him like a little judo like yeah. throw or whatever. And Frank's like fuck this and removes his shirt. It was and the gi. Like I feel flexing. like every person in the in the arena's dick got hard. Yeah, everyone came off. instant boner in the Kumite <laughs> arena. Because I mean. Van Damme, God love him. He was he's like shredded up in this he's, flick. He is he is in prime. He condition. was peak Van Damme. Um, <laughs> peak Jean Claude. He went for a high kick and Sumo guy grabbed the foot and dragged him. That was split number four. Split number four for the flick. Um, Here we go. Yeah, we get some Duke's Duke's split action. He just can't seem to hurt the guy. Yeah, just as it, like Frank is is inflicting some damage, but it's not slowing him down. And and. Like everything that he Did does, he got the bear hug on him. He, he gets the bear hug on him, and Frank like headbutts head him a couple of times. Yeah. And then it's at that point that he cor- kind of crouches, drops down, and delivers that that belly weird bat, like that palm of the hand strike to, to his, his belly. gut. And at that point, you kind of feel like the tide's turning. But then all of a sudden, sumo guy hulks out unexpectedly. Yeah, he's, he's like pissed. starts. He does do the full Hulk arms. Yeah, he's like, like he's like Lou Ferrigno hulking out. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, and can you guess what happens next? <laughs> I don't. If you've seen the movie, you remember well. If you haven't seen the movie, you would never guess. But like, yeah, sumo guy looks enraged. He sort of rushes at Frank, who or Jean Claude busts out another fifth split of the flick, drops down, straight nut punches him. Now, in real life, Frank Dukes maintains that. He would never low blow a guy. He oh, would yeah. never cheap Poor shot form a guy. And no holds barred. That's and so, uh, and so he maintains that this punch was, and I quote, to the bladder. There's no way. Now how that's even You'd have a to thing, punch up above the dick. You would have to punch through his whole body. Like your fist would have to go inside of his body. I feel like if he did punch the bladder, he went through the taint to get yeah. there. No, it was a taint punch. <laughs> if, if it wasn't a ball punch, if he didn't get all of both twig and berry, it was a taint punch. It was a proctological examination. Which is... <laughs> Doctors, the doctor's here. The doctor can see you now. <laughs> Dude, um, he he jacked him up with that. Yeah, it's one of the stupidest explanations of something that needed no explanation. But when, okay. Could you imagine just witnessing a fight where someone busted that move out? A split into like a, a groin punch. Now, if Chong Lee had done that, he would have gotten up and smelled his hand. <laughs> if Chong Lee had pulled the groin punch, he would have gotten up and been like, what mm, the shit? Yes, this is, mm, yes. Smell, yeah, his hand came out of that, like covered in ball sweat. But then, the tide has truly turned as the crowd is on its feet chanting, Dukes, Dukes, Dukes. Yeah, he sort Dukes. of just was dazed and he just could push him over. Yeah. And it was the knockout. But and is the nut punch poor form or as anything goes in a, in a, in a full, fight like this. I think it's full contact. You win by any means necessary. By any means necessary. Okay, fair. Yeah, I think is I think that if I remember the Black Belt article and Frank's interview, he said something about like biting was about the only thing that was like not acceptable. It was off limits. Yeah, biting and hair weapons. pulling or I think, I think anything. If, I think I mean you can pull on clothes. I mean, if anything, it's it was like kind of fo- dirty for the dude to grab him by the gi. And I feel it's drag like football him. rules now. It's like if it's there, you can grab it, and so yeah. Not in there weren't any fighters with long hair, were there? None that I can think. Except there, were, for Jackson. there were a few, but they never got like really grabbed. Except for Jackson. Um, Speaking of Jackson, so but but we we know that as the crowd is chanting Dukes, Chong Li again is livid. You can see Chong Li is really getting under his skin that the crowd is turning. He wants to be the people's champ. 
And then we come to maybe the last, like the big pivotal point. We're down to, I guess, maybe the quarterfinals, like eight fighters remaining, something like that. And we come down to a crucial moment for the story. If you call this a story, (laughs) a crucial moment in the story's arc. And it is Chong Lee versus Ray Jackson. I feel like Jackson's whole life has been building towards this moment. It's time to separate the men from the boys. Uh, yeah. He's like he's wanted Chong Lee he, since yes. he got there. Yeah, since he first heard about Kumite, since he first heard about Chong Lee, his he is like hell bent on adding a Chong Lee scar to his face but kicking the shit out of Chong Lee. I feel like every other fighter probably wants to avoid Chong Lee and like Ray Jackson's like oh, this is why I came here. Totally. He's like no, this is this is my destiny. I'm here to prove that the US of A belongs in the Kumite. And granted, he He's, what do we think Jackson is? Maybe pushing 300 pounds? And, 275? Mean, he, he's 275, So he's probably he's got 50 pounds on Chong Lee. Then yeah, he's, a, he's got him out, out masked. Yeah, I would say that Chong Lee weighs at least for his height because he's not a tall guy. Yeah. He's probably he probably two twenty two twenty two thirty. Yeah, so he's solid muscle. That he is. is solid. So this pivotal moment, but just before just before Jackson goes in, there's some word words of advice from Frank, who's been yes, observing, he's scouting he's, it out. He's saying, "Hey." Chong Lee is soft in the belly. He's soft in his belly. Worked that midsection. Did he say he said Paradise surprised him with a punch to the gut or yeah. a kick to That's the gut? That's how he surprised him. Which, to which Frank says, "What the hell are you what talking are you about?" Talk- oh, poor Jackson. You're, you sound like he's my just mother. so dumb. Is you he drunk like right now? He's Jackson. Is he awake? <laughs> is he awake or asleep? The answer is okay. yes. Do you think he's drinking beers in the arena while other fights are happening? If there's, a, does he carry a bag? Like, like Frank carries a big gym bag with him to the arena. He's got a keg in there? Does Ray, yeah, totally. A pony keg? <laughs> Ray, yeah, Jackson's oh. got a little, a little pony, te- pony keg. So, yeah, Frank Frank tells Jackson that Chong Lee's only weakness is his midsection, and he also says, stay away from his right leg. <laughs> his right leg, specifically. That's, that's his, cool. Because that's his, that's his kicking leg, I guess. I suppose so. They go to fight. I feel like Chong Lee lands as a couple blows, but Jackson, like, gets the upper hand quick. Jackson comes out of the gate strong. He hits him with like the double axe handle in the to head. The, to the top of the head. and He like hit him in the leg or something. When he caught down. a kick, hit him in the leg and then like smashed him in the face and like dropped double fist on top of his head. And herein starts the lesson, friends at home. <laughs> the downfall. Never, never let hubris like take you over. <laughs> so what is, oh, tell, tell our friends at home what Jackson starts doing. He's, he's, he's chanting. He's like, I did it. I got him. Jackson. He starts trying to start his own chant of never, his own name. Never start trying to coax a crowd into chanting your own name. <laughs> yeah. That's just not a good if look. There's a lesson to be learned. I feel like he screams at, at Frank. I killed him. <laughs> I did it. I did. He's, he, he says literally I killed him. And Frank says, finish it. Finish like, it. Keep going. He's like, keep going. Because he was legit, like Chong Lee was out. Oh, yeah. He was out of he it. He could have, he could have shoved him with one hand off the platform. Absolutely, and that's he it. was stunned. Chong Lee was, stunned. or he could have, he could have done whatever he wanted to him. So, so as as Jackson celebrating in that moment, hands uplifted, the crowd going crazy, no one chanting his name. By no. the way, <laughs> everyone very amused that this has happened. Chong Lee starts to come to, shakes his head, licks, licks his own his blood, blood. Of course, the Beautiful. ultimate. Fighting movie move and smiles real big before jumping up and kicking Can Jackson. Right the, yeah, no, go ahead. No, dude, you got it. I was it. gonna say, kicked him in the fucking throat. He did. He kicked him right in his throat and dropped him, which is exactly what happened 
how he five killed years the guy. Ago, kicks Jackson in the throat. Jackson so, I mean, goes down holding his neck. I mean, it's pretty much you know that it's over from there because he can't recover from that. It's like that universal whatever sign language for choking. He's like got double hands on the throat. Can I help you? Are you choking? <laughs> I can help. Do you want me to help you? There's a series of questions that must be answered. That's when Chong Lee, like, yeah, he puts the boots to him. He's getting ready. He's getting ready to curb stomp him. And Frank, Frank, in dramatic fashion, leans out, stopped by Lee's like, Lynn. Uh, yeah, like, why is Lynn the- holding him back? Because I guess he'd DQ he, if think, he yeah, jumped in. I think he'd probably DQ'd if you jump in the ring. Oh, man. But Frank yells, stop, dramatically. And Chong Lee, I mean, stomps on Jackson's head. Right? Yeah. Like, he, like, he stomped his head. Yeah. Absolutely. Then removes the bandana and starts taunting. Yeah, Frank. he took the Harley bandana off him. He's waving it around oh and my God. wooing, and Ooh. the crowd loves it. Yeah, the crowd is chanting Chong Lee, which is is mystifying to me at this point. It's like, I don't know. The, the fact that Jackson wasn't a crowd favorite, but Lynn maintains that they're still big fans of Asian. I can see the crowd not liking Jackson. Uh, well, he's, he's, a, he's the brash American. Yeah, he's a loud mouth. Now, real Frank Dukes, like, so first, Bully Young, bad guy extraordinaire. Excellent. I can't picture him ever not being a bad guy. You know what? I watched another horrible fucking karate flick called um, Shoot Fighter, uh-huh. where he was like the sensei of the good guys. Uh, one of the good guys was turn. was William Zabka, Johnny from Karate yeah, Kid. Yeah. He still had some moves. Um, those movies are are fun to watch. But he was kind of their sensei. Interesting. In that, but he's let's be real. Like he's he was born to play the bad guy. He was built to play the heel. He's got time. the face for it. He's got the body. Like he can dwarf any other dude. Yeah. Um, even even what he he makes up for for. Like small, like height, stature, yeah, and just like mass, mass. He's he's like a an asteroid. And like so, the real Frank Dukes, like just talking about Bolo, says like he was in in life, in real life, is like the sweetest, nicest guy, which is not surprising. Yeah, he said he said he like brought his kid to the set every day, and that like when he wasn't on, he's playing with his son or whatever. Son, yeah, that's awesome. awesome. Good for him. Good for you, Bolo. If you're um, listening, we love you. We're yeah. big fans. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's it. I feel like the next thing we go to they're in the hospital and like jackson's in a what appears to be almost a coma state he's sort of blinking his eyes and coming in and out of consciousness but we can assume um that he's got at least a broken windpipe and a fractured skull and like probably a moderate case of alcohol poisoning (laughs) (laughs) he's like oh his liver he needs a liver this man needs a liver transplant stat (laughs) but yeah they're like he'll be okay in a week which I, i don't know how you put a such a tight timetable on it or any timetable at all. I don't either. Yeah. That doctor was some type of producer or something on the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what they said. I yeah. like that he, he d- tried to defuse the domestic confrontation between Janice <laughs> he and Frank. He's like, if you're going to fight, get the fuck out of well, here. Well, what's weird is, yeah, Dukes is telling the comatose like Jackson, don't worry, I'm going to get revenge for you. Janice is not having it. Do you think that's what he wants? Yeah. It, what's, so Janice has known Dukes for... 30, 36 hours, maybe at most at most. And she's like getting involved in his life and his choices and like, yeah, just whatever fever she caught. She caught it hard. Like she, she doesn't hard. she doesn't want to see anything bad happen to him, which I get. But right. also they're not in a place where either one should be telling the other what to do. Well, also, presumably she didn't have sex with bookie number one which means that frank's still her only in uh, she's, the, the, she's a squeeze because do you think they still went to dinner 
No. Uh, no, they went straight to the hospital. They fought. Yeah. They, they fought. Do you think they still wound up back in her hotel room? They banged. Yeah. yeah okay. Fair. They bung. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. They, they left. They left Ray at the hospital and went and had sex at the East Lake. Yeah. There's they in the cab on the way to the hospital. They were like hooking up like Frank needed to be consoled. <laughs> so, yeah. So they have an altercation in the hallway. They, they argue about whether. You know what was whether, weird was the doctor when they started fighting in the room and the doctor's like, if you're going to argue, go elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And then she stormed out and Dukes is like, I'm sorry to think, the doctor. Yeah. It was very polite. Yeah. Well, he's good mannered. Like I said, he's got good manners. He's got <laughs> but then they're, best they're like, in mind. yeah, they're fighting tooth and nail in the hallway. Yeah. He makes them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, and they're breaking it down. She's saying you're crazy to do this. It's, it's insane what you're doing. Only Has she got what she needs for the story now. Right. Right. She's seen what it is. But then, then we get another weird, um, not weird entirely, but, uh, like a parallel where he's like, why did you choose to be a reporter? And sort of equates it. She became a reporter because her dad was a reporter and she wanted to be, mm-hmm. be the best journalist she could. And he's like, I did the same thing so I could be the best fighter for my Shidoshi. And she's, my, like, yeah. and she's like, not having it. She's like, okay, that's a bullshit reason. It is a little bit. Well, I yeah, mean, they're completely different. One's he's saying like, you don't understand, like, this is the pinnacle for us fighters, right. like, is to prove we're the best in the world. But it is like at the risk of your own life. Yeah. I, I mean, get I get both perspectives, I guess. I do just feel like it's a little early in them even knowing each other for her to well, be when you've only got three days. Everything's <laughs> got to be fast forwarded. Yeah. What happens at Kumite stays at Kumite unless Janice is there. <laughs> so Janice leaves and Victor Lynn probably like promptly runs in and says, forget about the girl. Yeah. You can still like be the first Westerner to win. Yeah. He's, which he's how, to, I guess he is. A, we consider him a Westerner. I mean, I guess American. anyone from Europe West, and, yeah, and from Europe or North America. Yeah. Westerner. Fair. <laughs> It is like, yes, forget about the girl or like, forget about Jackson. Like yeah, just focus on the, the fighting, which I guess is good advice. Yeah. Because otherwise you're going to drive yourself crazy. Yeah. And fair. then, uh, and then, the, and then the next thing that we see is Janice Judasing to, <laughs> to inspector Chen and ratting out Frank. She goes straight to inspector Chen. She gets right, that, right in front of him somehow. And she's like, I have information about the Kumite and about Frank Dukes, which Chen's intrigued by because fucking everyone in Hong Kong is looking for Frank Dukes. And Chen just wants to get, uh, Helmer Rollins off his back. Off his ass. He's like, yeah, okay, this is, this is good information. So he's like, yeah, can kill two birds with one stone, I guess. And then, oh man, the montage yeah, you guys are you well the next montage but maybe the, the maybe the finest montage of the film <laughs> another another stan bush number this yes. song is called on my own hyphen alone <laughs> which i feel like is uh which what is, is that? What, that's redundant that's what you are when you're i've your never own. been on my own and not been alone at the correct. same time correct um well the, sometimes you can feel alone the song is great people. frank is riding that bus around town it could be called on my own on the bus on the crosstown bus in hong kong yeah but anytime he closes his eyes he's like seeing flashbacks of chong lee stomping out jackson and you see you see some some really intense facial acting from from jean claude in this oh, whole sequence really trying to so emote. pensive pensive 
angsty, angry, sad, goes back to thoughtful and reflective. And then he's like sort of resigned to the sorrow he's got to feel about. He's got to let Jackson go so he can concentrate. But then he looks in the <laughs> in the window, in the window. And there's like he sees Chong Lee's smirking face in the reflection, in the reflection. Oh, he whips his head around. It's just a sweet old man there. Oh, my God, dude. That uh, moment's awesome. Side note. Roughly, whatever, 18 years ago, we made a film, uh, John and me. uh, It was that kind of film, if you want to know. Yeah. The boudoir (laughs) kind of thing. Um, It was awful. But Whoa. in the in the mo- in the movie, the main character played by John here was doing like a soul searching montage. He pop- pops on his disc, which said, I think, sappy, sappy soul, soul searching. searching music yeah. or whatever. And we wanted to like snip that scene or snip that clip where he sees Chong Lee's reflection and insert it in the middle of the thing. I don't think we did it. I may have to do a director's cut. About to say, that's the only difference. Yeah, that movie was written and, and directed by by Kevin here. And and I will say, I feel like we should go back and revisit that. I feel like it's solid gold. It's probably like, aged well. I feel like it would play well in Hollywood. <laughs> we could be um, the next Affleck. The plot is too face? much to go Damn. into right now. Like, but maybe another time. I don't maybe know. Another time. Um, but anyway, we'll have to break that one all the way down. This so this is the night before I guess the semifinals and the finals. That's correct. This is this is day two. Day three is coming up. Did Duke sleep at all? I feel like so we get a shot post bus and he is standing out on a balcony looking out over. It's Victoria nighttime, Harbor. right? It's 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 nighttime. I have yeah. to think that he's gotten some sleep because I think that even in his uh, his distraught frame of mind that Frank would have the mental discipline to settle himself down and get some sleep. He should like, what would Shidoshi Tanako say? Right. He'd say, I guess rest. You'd say, go to sleep. Stupid. And he did. (laughs) But then the next thing we see is what is early morning dawn, and the highest point you can imagine, yeah. he's on a, some sort of an altar at a temple, like doing a split. That's you, split number. Hold on. I got my notes. That's split number six. Split six. For the movie. And he's like doing his sort of he's kata doing his, like, or like meditation. meditation. Kata something. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's a great shot. That shot Did you is say awesome. you think you maybe went up that high above Hong Kong when you were there? Did yeah. you do that? So, yeah, there's like a, a funicular, sort of like a train that goes from incline from the train of the hill. thing. Yeah, it goes and it goes all the way up I, and it goes up to like if you've ever been up to the top of Stone Mountain, it's kind of that deal. Yeah. If you've ever ridden the tram up Stone yeah. Mountain and that's in Georgia, for those of you who've never been, it's a, a monument to the Confederacy and who knows how long it'll be there. The laser show used to be a thing. It still is, I guess, but they might dynamite it one day. Yeah, maybe they should. But that's a different discussion for a different kind of podcast. But, but like the. The city is spectacular yeah, from so up you, there. You get an incredible view and it's, it's kind of like they just got a visitor center up there, but you can like tour around and people, I mean, people live up there. You probably have to have crazy money to live up there. And there's there, presumably but, a temple up there where they film yeah, this. I would, it, that's what it looks like. It looks like a temple from where he's okay. doing split meditations, centering himself for the final day of Kumite competition. Then I feel like it sort of transitions right to he's walking those, those alleys, the narrow alleys, Frank in the walled is, city. He's, he's taken his sweet time getting showered up 
just post lunch, we can imagine. That was his morning splits. That's right, morning splits. <laughs> morning splits atop. You can't win Kumite without doing splits for at least an hour. You in and the I know this. The audience <laughs> at home might not. Okay. So, so yeah, we get we get Frank on his way to the final day of Kumite, and he's he has entered the walled city by himself, which I think is interesting. That Frank is like two days in a row. Do they know walk, him by this point. I don't know. He walks in. He is greeted with the creepiest motherfucker in the whole movie. A little short guy. You would imagine he's just <laughs> chuckling. He's got a fucking case of the giggles. <laughs> it, it makes, Why is he laughing? Because he knows the police are there. So I'm wondering if like the police came in and they said, have you seen a Western guy, an American guy coming through? He looks like this high. Like maybe they described it to him. That dude's probably drunk off his this ass. This dude is just like. <laughs> and so then he sees the guy and he's like, you're about to get you about to get fucked up. <laughs> so um, but Frank creep, still it, goes on deeper into the alleys. That's right. right. Um, then, and then down at the far end of the alley, we see Helmer and Rollins. Yep. And then Inspector Chen. Yeah. Inspector or, well, Chen. actually, I think they're like, let's come with us, come peacefully. And he's like, fuck you guys. Yeah. He's like, no, and no, then no. that's when Chen comes out. He's like, all right, we didn't want it to be like it's this. Like we brought reinforcements. Yeah. And uh, and so Frank's like, you're not going to be able to stop me. Chen says something in, I think, Cantonese. It didn't sound like Mandarin. Instructing his guys. Yeah. And all of a sudden you get a couple of police uniformed police officers right. jump out. Now this is the point at which Duke starts like kicking these guys asses or like hits them with his bag and knocks them down the alley and closes like okay now you're like beyond just whatever you're assaulting a police However officer. However illegal Kumite may be, like now you're just straight up beating up police officers. Right. Which we have to think at this point that, that Do the we United like States- love Frank? Do we think Frank's a good guy? I mean, I guess he's the hero, but he's, he's the hero of the movie. These and police officers are just doing their job. That's right. Cops got better things to do than get killed. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> True enough. True enough. So, yeah, the, the, it's it's a little gray area because does does your does your honor to your Shidoshi or your sensei <laughs> supersede the laws the law. of man? Probably not. So, like, in, in that sense, it's like, I've got to compete in this competition, even if it means killing this guy. Would Frank have killed one of those guys? I don't know. He was going out of his way to, to do the least damage, I, I think, guess. Yeah, I mean, if, if anyone knows the damage that can be afflicted without killing someone, is probably Frank. So, he's probably inflicting the least amount of damage. But he was attacking armed police officers who were like you say they're just doing their yeah and he works his way all the way down the alley to chin and helmer and rollins who inform him that he's being a real pain he's being a real hard ass about this and pull out dust busters to attack (laughs) yeah they got the stun guns they're tasers they're like tasers they're like all right we didn't want it to be this way or whatever and then Frank, all of a sudden, he sort of they should know that he's just gaming them because he's like, whoa, guys, be careful. Right. Um, yeah. And he, he, he whips out a trash can lid, which one fluid to fire and they fire thinking he's, I guess, pulling a weapon. Who knows? I have no idea. And he uses it as a shield to ricochet the barbs from the taser into see, two other arms. I don't see it working officers. that way. I think they'd hit the trash can lid and drop to the ground. Well, well, probably. Yeah. But it's a neat effect. You're not going to get like the good, uh, the good, what deflection or ricochet? No, absolutely not. You get two. You instead you get two guys, two cops who are just on 
like doing their duty zapped with 50,000 volts. Yeah. And yeah, two more dudes, innocent guys, like they're nine to five guys. They probably got wives and kids. And here's what we don't, here's another thing that we don't know is Frank is now holding, he whips the tasers Yeah, he snatches the guns while they're sort of distracted. So is he threatening then to, are there more barbs in that thing that he can fire? Or is he threatening to zap those guys again? Oh, shit. I didn't think about that. In my mind, it was like, I'll shoot you two, Helmer and Rollins. And they sort of back down. Yeah, because, I mean, I don't know how those... I don't know if there's a double trigger like it is on a double barrel shotgun where you've got double action. You I can don't shoot know. one barrel and then the other. Or is it, if you approach me, I'm going to zap these cops? Because, honestly, <laughs> do Helmer and Rollins fucking care if, if Probably he does not. or not? No. They were using those guys as Meat. bait or whatever yeah. anyway. Exactly. Operation Human Shield. They were doing the dirty work. <laughs> So now there was a moment here where like Chin goes for his gun from the holster and like they, the whatever Helmer or Rollins sort of stops him and is right. like, no, we got to have him alive. Like, do you think Chin was going to gun him down? I mean, I think he'd be within his rights. Absolutely. He's hurt how many of his officers at Four. this point? Four. Yeah. He is, he is wounded or seriously hurt. Could you Four imagine guys. if he just took the gun out, shot Frank and it's like the end. <laughs> United States government is not going to be happy about this inspector Chen you'll be hearing from us and then it's that moment of like the Reagan State Department is furious Rollins Forrest Whitaker's like asking well what now what do we do now and he's like Helmer's like come on they're basically just gonna like oh all right we'll go in and watch we have no choice but to just go in and watch and I guess that's pretty much how everyone gets in and Janice three. steps out from around a corner too and she like seems to give half a shit well about yeah presumably she's been the officers she's been there to like dime dime Frank to everybody Chen she's there with Chen and with Helmer and Rollins like mm-hmm. everyone's got so Frank's you think they just interest. walk right in like they're allowed in oh, these yeah. these Westerners the Americans well, I think if, if they're showing up and Chen is there they have no choice because I think Kumite doesn't happen unless Chen lets it happen. We never see Chen again, right? He doesn't go in. No, I think Chen probably what happens is that Chen walks with them and he's like, you let these people in. And then he splits because okay. again, he, he knows Kumite is happening. Yeah. He's letting it happen. True. And he's like, so, I mean, this is basically we're entering like the final whatever actions about to happen. This, this is, is like, it. it's all been building to this moment. Of course, like there's, I guess, semifinals to go, but we know it's going to be, yeah, we know Dukes versus Chong Lee. Chong Lee. Yeah, yeah. We, know, we know who the, the the pieces have been set. Everything's been building to this moment, and we will get to that in the finale episode oh my God. of our Bloodsport breakdown. Guys, we're uh, one last toast to everyone who's watching a St. Arnold Summer Pills in all of your honor for joining us here on Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger. Yeah, we got a little more awesomeness for you, so come back next time and we will finish off this masterpiece. We'll be back. Yeah.